In today's episode, I sit down with Pastor Doug and we discuss our spiritual formation core. Spiritual formation is just another way of saying discipleship, or what does it mean to practically follow Jesus for a lifetime? We focus down on three points, taking inventory, planting seeds, and believing the best. I hope you enjoy. Okay, so I'm sitting here with Pastor Doug. Yes. And we are trying to put down our first podcast on spiritual formation. Yeah. And when we first got together, we boiled this down to three main categories and put it over a foundation. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you want to take us through what we came up with? Yeah. Well, I, I love three key parts. I'll mention them and then we'll come back and cover them in detail. Number one, taking inventory. Like looking in the mirror, taking inventory of my life. Where am I at? Looking at some parts of that. I want to do that today for sure. And then planting seeds in my life. So looking at, taking a good, hard look, and honest look at who I am, and then planting good things in my life. It's like eating good food, right? So, and we'll, we'll tear that apart too and look at the details of that. And then last but not least, once you've taken inventory, you kind of really have a good assessment, good self-realization of who you are, you've planted good seeds, then we should be able to look at our lives and expect a good response. And, and we should expect great results. And that's where that faith starts coming in where we have great faith to believe that what we're living and the life we're living um, turns out to be exactly what God has called us to be. That doesn't mean it's easy, mm-hmm. but we can expect good results in our lives. And all of that laid over the top of biblical literacy, understanding the Bible. So let's start with the first one. Sure. Take an inventory. So when we got together, what was your sort of objective with putting these down and then... Mm-hmm. And then, you know, why did you start with the idea of taking inventory um, as the first for these three? Yeah, well, I think where we live in the world today in America, specifically North County here in, in San Diego, one of the things I've recognized with people that we are all in need of is the knowledge that we need God. Mm-hmm. We live pretty healthy, solid, good lives. Like, we're not out fighting for food most most of the time we're not trying to figure out how we're going to survive another day we've been blessed to live in a culture and an economy that allows us to live pretty comfortable lives mm-hmm. and oftentimes comfort uh, is the enemy of of a really great relationship with God and so that's where that came from is recognizing taking inventory looking at my life and going wow I need God all this stuff that is in my life doesn't equate to joy or happiness sometimes it's happiness because that's kind of an external value but it doesn't equate to joy that's deep from within Um, in fact it's false in our lives and until we recognize our need for God Mm -hmm. um, we're kind of missing the whole point right and then that leads us into you know understanding our self-aware being self-aware understanding who I am and maybe you can talk for a minute about identity like understanding identity. Yeah, I think that when we were talking about this um, sort of section of taking inventory, the first thing that came to my mind was self-awareness. And I hear many people talking inside of Christianity and outside about this this idea of, of um, self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's this incredible amount of tools and resources out today to help us sort of be self-aware. 
And, you know, whether that's emotional intelligence or knowing from, you know, your background and where you came from, whether that's like culturally or where your family of origin is or all of those things. And so I think, you know, taking all of that information and being able to put it through, you know, the biblical view was really important for me. Mm -hmm. And I know that the Bible has so many things to say about identity. And so Mm -hmm. if we start with understanding sort of the first pages of the Bible where we are made in the image of God mm-hmm. and our identities to actually partner with him to sort of cultivate his goodness here on earth. I think it's a really great position to then start to define, you know, where do we, where do we go from there? You know, where does then, where do we become a unique individual? You know, we all carry the same sort of image and we all have been given the same sort of purpose and task, um, this, this, you know, incredibly high honor to be partners with God and what he's mm-hmm. doing. And so, and then, then what does that look like, you know, for me to be Austin or for you to be Doug? And, mm-hmm. you know, my story, I, I grew up in, you know, Huntington Beach and, you know, I was raised by a single mother and, you know, I come from, um, you know, an athletic background. There's all sorts of different things that make me who I am. And mm-hmm. so I think that the more I get older, the, the more that I can sort of take inventory on what sort of makes me tick and how I interpret the surroundings that, I in, uh, that I'm in, it helps me navigate, you know, this Christian life and the journey with Christ. Um, so that's, that to me is like the starting point. There's so many different directions that yeah. you can go from, but I think it does start off, like you said, in this position of, really understanding that we have this deep need for God yeah. and that disconnected from his identity, we can get off track really, really quickly. Yeah. Um, and then, the, you know, going along with what you're saying, that self-awareness is being aware. When we, we become self-aware of our need for him, and then we get to the place where we understand that he loves exactly who we are. Mm-hmm. Like, his love for us is immovable, unshakable. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And his value in each of us, that self-awareness that we go, man, God loves me for who I am. Yeah. And as I come in contact with him, he begins to transform my life. He changes mm-hmm. me. And that's what we talk about in, um, in a couple of these next things. And um, taking inventory goes, you know, goes into emotional intelligence, which we could talk about that for a mm-hmm. month, you know, um, purpose, um, kind of dealing with sin in our lives. And I think at another time we'll get more into the depths of that. But for the sake of kind of a overarching podcast today, we want you to hear the basics of, of taking inventory, planting seeds, and believing the best. So taking inventory, as we just talked about, is understanding our need for God, mm-hmm. coming to a very self-aware place in our lives where we need Christ, as you talked about, partnering Mm-hmm. with God and putting him in his place in our lives and understanding his love for us. Yeah. Like we get to that place, man, that's a really good place to start from. Yeah. And I, I think just to sort of cap that off and is that it's in that safety of knowing that we are, you know, children of God. Like when we come and we repent and we give our life to Jesus, we can then go on this sort of self exploration in the right context where you know, it'll just lend itself for us to becoming fuller and healthier, yeah. more, you know, emotionally t- intelligent, however you, you want to, co- you know, phrase it as we move through this. But I think that it's in that safety of yeah. being, you know, loved by God and having a family in the church and, and having relationship with people. Um, 
can really give you sort of the foundation to move forward in that. Yeah, man. And if you're hearing this kind of for the first time and going, man, how do I manage that? You, you know, when I'm done saying this, you might want to pause this for a minute before we go into the next part, but you might want to just stop right now and, and pray a prayer that says, God, man, I need you. I just needed to hear that. And this, the whole starting point in our spiritual journey is recognizing our need for God. And, and so if you need to stop this and just pray that simple prayer of saying, God, I need you. I, I believe in you and I need you in my life. Man, this is a great place to do that. This is a great point um, to do that. All right, so let's move on to planting seeds. Can you tell me just a little bit about what you were thinking in this? Yeah. Yeah, so we recognize our need for God, and then we look at our lives and we go, okay, every day I'm inputting things in my life. So you just think about your senses. I'm watching things, whatever you're watching. I'm listening to things, whatever you're listening to. I'm touching things, um, and I'm, you know, whatever it is, tasting things, things going in my mouth, my ears, I'm smelling things. So your senses, you you have constant input in your life. So what if we took our lives and we went, man, I'm going to choose what I put in my life. And what if we choose to plant good things in our life and we follow the Bible outlines what it calls spiritual disciplines. Um, Basically another way to say it is really good God habits in our lives that you learn to do every day. What if after recognize my need for him, recognize my need for him, inviting him into my life, I start planting good seeds by creating good habits, going through spiritual disciplines, what would happen? How cool would it be? Just like all of us with our physical eyes, let's talk about that for a minute. If I work out every day, if I go to the gym and I eat right, there's gonna be pretty good results. So what'll happen in our emotional quotient, um, our hope quotient, our positivity, when we spend time planting good God seeds in our life. So what, when, when you hear me say that, Austin, what are off the top of your head, um, look at those spiritual disciplines, what are things you would say, these are good seeds to plant in your life? There's so many, so many great, Uh, spiritual disciplines that you can start to exercise right away. And Mm -hmm. I think one of the most important is finding community. Yeah. And, and, and that is, you know, for us, the church, right? I mean, the, the purpose of Sunday is really to begin to start connecting with other people who are walking the same way with you. Um, And then even if you do like a, you know, we've had a Tuesday night men's group for years. The purpose of that was just to have authentic relationships, like vulnerable, authentic, real relationships. And that's a huge uh, spiritual discipline that right away you can start accessing through, you know, coming to church, uh, meeting Mm -hmm. people, willing to go up and get prayer at the end of service, um, you know, helping serve whatever those things might look like uh, in your life. And also, uh, you know, going beyond that, once you start to just, engage people um, through church, through community, um, you start to build these friendships that then blossom and sort of pour out in your life in in ways that are different than church. Um, You start to be connected to uh, people in a more organic way. And I Mm -hmm. think that 
but it really starts there. Another thing that I think of, um, and maybe this is sort of some of the building blocks to getting the confidence to walk into an environment like a church, uh, is starting to to read your Bible and journal. Um, mm-hmm. I, for, for me, doing it every single day is overwhelming, so that's not something that I do. I do it I'm more of a of a every other day type of person. And so, but by doing, you know, starting to read the Bible, starting to ask questions of it and writing down sort of my thoughts and feelings gives me sort of the beginning phases of what it looks like to just have my mind on God. And a lot of the times when you first start reading the Bible, it's super confusing, but Mm -hmm. you're starting to practice this discipline of thinking of God in those moments. And I think that that starts to sort of crack open this part in your life and, and light starts to come through. Um, but what about you? Yeah. Well, I, first of all, I love that you brought up community first because I think that's the summation of, like, even if you look at Jesus and the 12 disciples, and we often so often, you know, we put those 12 guys like, wow, those are, well, the reason they were so effective is they had community mm-hmm. and they, they were together. And I think that's the brilliant part about the church is that community that goes together. And I think in Matthew, um, the Bible talks about um, going after God first before anything else. It mm-hmm. uses fancy words like seek first the kingdom of God. But like if we go after God first in the Bible, in reading the Bible, in, and I don't, I don't read it like every day like that, but I do listen to it every day. So I get in my car and I turn on the Bible app and I listen to it because I love, well, I like the guy's voice. I think yeah, it sounds kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But I like, I just know Mm-hmm. that it's one of those things I plan in my life that always brings back a good return. Like I can't, I can't put the Bible in my life in bad things. It brings bad things. The Bible will always have a good return in my life. Even if it requires me to go down some tough roads first, like asking for forgiveness or repenting or whatever, mm-hmm. the result long-term is always going to be good. So yeah, that's, I, I mean, when you're talking, I think about, I'm trying to put my, sort of my feet back in my own shoes when I was first becoming a Christian. And I remember that some of the like first times when I would encounter God by myself, which was reading or listening to worship music in my mm-hmm. car or even listening to the Bible, I felt like this sense of almost like guilt because my life was, wasn't, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't pretty. Right. There was brokenness. And I was just learning what it meant to be a Christian. And so I think it took me you know, a good while to, to feel comfortable in those spaces. And mm-hmm. what I've realized in, you know, over the years is that God actually really wants us yeah. to just spend time with him. And so a lot of these things that we talk about um, are pretty simple, but they're meant for you to start to realize that a relationship with Christ is like the most important thing. Mm. And just like you spend time with a friend or a pastor, it's important mm-hmm. that you spend time with God. And I know I felt extremely vulnerable in those moments at first, you know, whether it was like the inability to sort of feel comfortable engaging in ancient texts like the Bible, right. or it was listening to worship music that honestly the words to me were, Whoa. yeah, right. they're weird. They right. were weird to me. Um, but as I spent more time in that, I got more comfortable and I realized that there was this sort of under, this, this current that was really deep below that had brought like all my shame and guilt from living a life apart from Christ um, that made me feel uncomfortable in mm. front of like an authority figure or in front of someone that, you know, was like a father figure for yeah. me. So all that to say, I think that, you know, God wants us to know that he desires to be thought of and to be engaged 
And I think that these practices begin that process and, and opens us up in new ways. I, I totally agree. And you, you hit on that word worship. Mm-hmm. So I like to look at it as the practice of awe. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that sounds kind of funny maybe to some of you, but if you've ever, I remember I was riding in a mountain bike race and I was looking down at Lake Tahoe from about 9,500 feet above sea level. And the lake's at 50, I think 5,600 feet. And I'm sitting 4,000 feet, almost 3,500 feet above lake level. And I'm looking down, sitting on my bike. And I'm looking at this beautiful place. And I remember the sense of awe. Mm-hmm. Of like, wow. I think for me, communicating, connecting to God, planting seeds is also just recognizing him for who he is, even in worship. So in that moment for me, I was just like, thank you, God, for the beauty. Thank you for this place. I see you. Like he, he makes himself known in all of creation. The Bible tells us that. And so I'm so blown away by like even here in North County, looking out over the ocean at certain times of the day where there's so much beauty. It, it, my heart is in awe. And then, and then it returns from me, that sense of awe comes out and is expressed with gratitude. Yeah. Like just saying, thank you, God. And I think that is a thing we could, that's a seed that we can continue to always plant that virtue of gratitude, just mm-hmm. saying, God, thank you. And, you know, learning to be thankful even to the people in our lives yeah. and, and being thankful for the way we live. That is also planting amazing seeds because it helps protect our perception by being grateful rather than that nasty word entitled. Yeah. And I think that what's important to sort of make a connection here is that worship is considered a spiritual discipline. Yeah, absolutely. And, and sometimes it can be, I remember being at Point Loma Nazarene and seeing college students raising their hands and singing. And really the, the, the thrust of what was happening there was gratitude and thankfulness. And it wasn't until I really experienced a life with Christ that I could really cry out like that. Mm. And I think that, that up front, the gratitude for me was this, this restart, this like new life. Mm. And then as time's gone on, I just seen all this restoration and redemption in my life that I continue to have reasons to sing. And so praise and worship and gratitude, all are spiritual disciplines. Those are, those are, um, really, really important parts of our Christian yeah. walk. And, it, and again, that connects back even to, you know, taking inventory where when we praise, when we worship, when we say thank you, when we sit in awe of God, we're allowing him to be in the place in our lives where we can find our place. Mm-hmm. Like he finds his place in our life. We put him in his place in our lives and we can find our place. So like we said on the last part, kind of part one is that taking inventory and now this one of, of planting these great seeds that help us grow in who God has called us to be. So if you need to take a minute even now to go, man, write down two or three things, practices or seeds that you want to plant in your life, um, this would be a perfect moment to do that. So our final, um, what would you call, we call these keys? Or categories, I don't know, like the three key things probably, yeah, right? the three key things of spiritual, Coast City spiritual formation um, is believing the best. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your thoughts yeah. on believing the best. Well, when you, when you, when you look at your life and you, you take inventory, you recognize your need for God, then you begin to plant those seeds we talked about. This week kind of skimmed just the basics of planting seeds. I think then you can start expecting like, God, 
understanding my identity in you, planting these seeds, I can start just going, man, God is a good God. He's a good father. And, and we can start practicing the I am's. Mm. Like, I am a new creation. Mm. I am a son or a daughter of God. You know, I am more than a conqueror. I can overcome the fears that are in my life. And that's what I love. When, when you recognize your need for God and you learn to start planting those seeds, it's easy to start expecting and believing the best mm -hmm. because you've be, you're beginning to learn who you are in Christ. So let's use good examples. Like this is probably the most practical mm -hmm. of the th like of the three because we actually have to we have to teach ourselves or we have to self coach mm -hmm. when it comes to these things. So like even the example of existing with the mind of Christ mm -hmm. and believing for the best because I now have the mind. Of Christ how do you in super practical terms Austin when you when you look at believing for the best and or believing the best and having the mind of Christ how does that look on a daily basis even for you you work every day what does that look like as you go through your day Jeez, I mean the best sort of metaphor I can think of off the top of my head is this idea of soaking in um, what Jesus you know, I mean, ultimately soaking in these these seeds that we're planting, which yeah. is, you know, for, for me, a lot of that is was reorienting the people I was around, which is probably why I mentioned community first when we talk yeah. about planting for seeds or planting seeds. Um, and so as I engage, you know, people who are following Jesus, I've my mind has been slowly transformed to think like they do um, and therefore think like Jesus. Mentors have been huge for mm. me. Uh, mentors have changed the way that I view life, how I view work. Um, I think that a really cool Christian practice that, you know, and, and this isn't just, you know, um, this isn't just Christian, but it's something that we value in Christianity for sure is like having a mentor. And for me, that's, that's something that I have pursued. When I was in, when I was in grad school, I had an academic mentor. I had a spiritual mentor. I had a, right. like there was just these people coming up and helping me sort of through different sections of my life. And, you know, one of the things that I think that we've lost and even myself have struggled with this is having a pastor, somebody that you can reach out to and connect to um, mm -hmm. and feel like you can be vulnerable with. And, and sometimes that's, you know, you know, I'm not giving, you know, you not trying to cram up all your time with people reaching out, but that's like, you know, that sure. is a huge part of it, but there sure. are, there are so many great people in the church and in this community that are willing to come alongside you and, and walk life with you. That to me was like the really big, big part of this. Yeah. Um, the other aspects of taking on the mind of Christ is just time in the same direction. Like yeah. I just keep thinking like day after day and setback after setback, yeah. like continuing to put my tra trajectory towards, towards right. Christ. So but, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, here's a, another thought. Do you think that, our natural mind, the bent of our minds as humans, oftentimes is to see not the best, to see the worst, right? Yeah. So, you know, I think if I just go by what I think, if I walk into a restaurant 
or what naturally comes to me if I walk into my kid's school, I can immediately pick out the things that are wrong, that I don't like, that are blah, blah, blah. But I think when you begin to recognize your need for God, you put him in play in your life, you start planting seeds in your life, the Bible says we could start taking captive every thought and we can start practicing believing the best. Like Mm -hmm. we can start seeing the greatness in people. I think all of us on the planet, we meet people and it's so easy to see the worst. Yeah. And sometimes you have to work really hard and change the way that you think to see the best. And I love this third point because what we want to do is challenge everybody mm-hmm. that as you you recognize your need for God, you begin to plant God-sized seeds in your life. Then you start looking even at the people around you in your own family and you start believing the best you start Mm -hmm. finding greatness you start finding what they're good at and not constantly pointing out what has to change and you know the the negative side of it and i think the church nowadays is known for always being against things instead of for things Mm -hmm. and and when you look at jesus he was against a few things but he was really against a negative mindset he wanted us to live life to the fullest and expect good things and plan on living with a smile, living with joy. He said in 1 John, I want to make your joy complete. Mm-hmm. And, and that was more than just an emotion. And um, I think for all of us, once we put the right things in play in our life with Jesus and he becomes our foundation, we can plan on believing for the best. We can plan on having a complete joy where we can see past our circumstances. Mm -hmm. Like believing the best to me is also being able to live amidst crazy circumstances. Mm -hmm. You know, I've I've known families that have been through the craziest of circumstances. I've been through some myself. You've been through some yourself. But when I watch somebody that believes the best and starts expecting the best, even in the worst circumstances when their life is based on Christ, they can motor through those things. They can keep their head up. Mm -hmm. They keep moving in and it doesn't change who they are. Yeah, that's good. And that's the foundation of saying, I want to keep believing the best. And that's what the first two points, they lead you to a life that you can maintain your steadiness in life, no matter what is going. And that spiritual foundation, when you get to that place, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty amazing. So if you're listening to this today and and maybe for you, you just need to go, can I, that's a good measuring stick, I think, for all of us. How do I react to bad circumstances? Mm -hmm. So maybe for you, you can look back at the last two points and go, man, I really want to work on these two points. But thanks for hanging out with us today on this podcast. Hey, thanks for listening today on this three-part series on spiritual formation. Uh, If you have any questions about it, please don't be afraid to email us and go to the website at coastcitychurch.com. Great hanging out with you. Talk soon.